Shannon and a Cop with Comic. I'm Brian Cop, and we're with Comic Jesse Eigner. Jesse Eigner, how the hell are you? Great, man. Thanks for having me. Well, thank you so much for coming on and let people know where they can see you do stand-up comedy online. It looks like I follow you here on Twitter. You're J Igs E-I-G-S, on Twitter. And I think you're that on Instagram as well. But you also have jesseigner.com. Yes, sir. I'm uh, at J Igs on all platforms, including TikTok. I just started talking and ticking. <laughs> uh, I'm talking. Yeah, which one is the preferred verb, talking or ticking? I think I prefer to tick, but it depends on the day. <laughs> I talk and I tick. Yeah, we just had Jarrett Berenstein on, and he said he's, he's blown up on TikTok. I guess he's got some uh, some liberal comedy. What kind of stuff are you doing on TikTok? So I've been doing – I started off putting my stand-up jokes on there. I wasn't getting a lot of traction. I've been recently putting on – I was a, an NBA ball boy in high school, and I started uh-huh. posting like stories slash jokes about my time as a ball boy, and that's gotten a lot of traction. I now have 10,000 followers in the past two, like uh-huh. month and a half. It's been yeah. a lot of fun. I don't know if it's real. I don't know if it's if it's uh, they're all Chinese bots, but we'll see. <laughs> Even the appearance of success can help. Exactly. Exactly. Well, I guess. I guess. And also, you have braised bits with former guest Lance Parker. It was so fun having him on talking about braised bits. What can you tell us about it? Yeah, I listened to that episode with Lance <laughs> on Capo and Comic. Uh, I. <laughs> Uh, Lance did a great job of describing the podcast. It's hard for me to describe. I would say it's mostly us just riffing with our chemistry. We have a lot of sports references. We cook in the pod kitchen, in the virtual pod kitchen these days. <laughs> and we we, uh, we braise bits, serve them up hot. Uh, you got to be in pod shape, which I feel like you're already in pod shape based on what <laughs> I listened to with your episode, Lance. Uh, it's just we kind of we have different topics with our highlights. And then our, the, main, the main meat and potatoes is our top nine each week. We do a list. Uh, this upcoming episode, we're doing our top nine food shows, so that should be fun. Ah, and so, what do we think is going to make an appearance? So, if I said Jordan, if I said Gordon Ramsay's, you know, Hell's Kitchen or the F Word or Twenty Four Hours of Helen Back or uh, what was his other one, Kitchen Confidential? Which one would you oh, rank out of those top, out of those four? Which Gordon Ramsay show is your favorite? Wow, that's a good question. That's tough. I like the the Hell's Kitchen. I like him getting in, in people's faces and screaming. Yes. It's I like the behind the scenes of like in the kitchen. That's my favorite yeah. stuff. It's like kind of like mini documentaries of in uh, the kitchen of restaurants. Yeah, that, I mean that stuff gets rough when he smashes the piece of fish on him. He's like, <laughs> "It's raw, it's raw." <laughs> <laughs> That's the it's best tough. moment in TV, right? Absolutely. I think <laughs> I think chefs are so badass. I think being in it, especially when there's no cameras there, and you're, and you're just having to sling out dishes, it's it's intense. Yeah, it's, it's probably like you know comedy. You're you're in there. You're in. Uh, Every day on stage, you're in Hell's Kitchen, man. You never know what the fuck's going to happen with the audience, right? It's true. It really is true. That's why, I mean, we started off doing this podcast, Lance and I, because I do a lot of food puns in my comedy. And, like, my opening kind of bit is talking about how I, I cook on a comedy grill. I cook up hot bits. So I kind of feel like I try to use my comedy because I, I want to be – I'm a wannabe chef, and I'm very uh-huh. jealous. And I try to find, like, kind of a lot of – there's a lot of comparisons, I think, with comedy and cooking. You know, you're always, it's always, you're always getting better, finding different recipes, different bits can connect with different uh, ingredients. It's, uh, I, I love food. I can talk about food for, for years. Are, are you in the food service industry as a day job or no? 
No, I'm not. Okay. I, I do uh, public relations during the day. Um, oh, all right. During quarantine, I've definitely been cooking a lot more. Let's just, hope, let's just hope your comedy bits can be construed with uh, Gordon Ramsay's fa favorite words. It's fresh. It's vibrant. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. That's my goal. I'm, I want to serve up fresh hot bits. That's my ultimate goal at the end of the day. I want them fresh. I want them hot. Not too sizzling. But I usually set up a, a buffet line of my bits. So you can kind of, uh, if one bit's not for you, you can kind of go down the buffet. But now in Corona times, I'm not sure if I can have a buffet of bits anymore. It's not safe. It's provocative. Yeah, like yeah, any any sort of food service thing could be unsafe in the coronavirus. So it's like, you know, you know, if you get controversial with a joke, that's just a potentially unsafe, uh, unsanitary piece of food. It's wrong. <laughs> it's wrong. It's, it's gonna uh, get a poor rating. And I like you know that's not your day job now, but it sounds like you were a ball boy, NBA ball boy. Yes, sir. Okay, so one of our topics today is sports without fans. What do you think about the NBA bubble, man? Is it gonna work? How, how long before it pops? I think that it's going to pop. It's, I think it's just a matter of time when the bubbles <laughs> pop. Yeah. I mean, I don't want it to. I'm so excited to watch live sports again, but I don't know. I, I think in some other sports, like the MLS has done a bubble, and then they've had to shut down many teams because of the spread of corona. Oh, no. I don't know. It's. I mean, I think it, it's it's tough to say. It's. I think the the tipping point will be if players get hospitalized. I mean, there's been a lot of players that have been tested positive and they've it's kind of most of them been asymptomatic but i think if a player gets hospitalized is really the tipping point of shutting everything down but we'll see yeah. and I, I guess it occurred to me on the way here that um you know some of these guys won't be able to have sex for weeks or months depending yeah. on how good their team is and for me that doesn't matter but for them it does <laughs> that's exactly great it's a great point and that's i mean when these guys are on the road during the regular season that's kind of i think what uh Helps with their mental health. I don't know. That's a huge. That's a huge aspect. I think there's going to be a uh, underground market of uh, smuggling in probably wives and girlfriends and other and other category. Well, yeah. Hopefully they take their temperature first. But maybe those policies were in place before that. You know, like they probably right. had the, the guy who hooked them up with the clean bitches before. Right. <laughs> exactly. As a ball boy, I have a few stories in my TikTok. I once had to go into the crowd because a player gave me his cell phone number to give to a girl in the crowd. <laughs> uh, there's a lot of a lot of crazy behind the scene things. And did you give it to her? And was she of age? She was of age. She, she at first thought that I was giving her. <laughs> and she was like, "Why? Who? Like, go away!" And then I pointed to the bench, and like the guy was looking up, and uh, she was she smiled and took it. There you go. Kind of, yeah, the reaction's a little different when it's a, a white guy <laughs> yeah. in a, a polo, polo and khakis, right? Exactly. And so, what's exactly. it going to be like? Yeah, without fans. One of your topics was sports without fans, and um, you know, are they going to pump in music, or, or what are they going to do? And, and how are they going to approximate home home court advantage? I don't know. I, I mean, from what I've seen, there's, they're going to put in like car, uh, cardboard cutouts of fans in the stands. I guess they got to pump pump in. Them. I think the NBA was talking about somehow having the fans at home regulating crowd noise, like the home fans would somehow regulate maybe through their phones like an app uh, uh, but it, it's going to be artificial and there's no way to recreate a live energy of a sports event and like it's it's going to be a much different game and i think there's going to be less of a home court advantage for sure 
Yeah, and some of the other topics, they kind of touch on music a little bit, and they're super relevant now in the fact that you know, some of these players might want Kanye Kanye West blared through the speakers, but um, right. that's pretty political these days because he might be running for president. Do we think that he gets, <laughs> do, you, do we think he gets on a single ballot and fucks it up for either Biden or Trump? I do. That was a great transition, by the way. That's phenomenal. You really, you're in your pocket. Pod shape. That was unbelievable. Pod shape right there. You're absolutely in pod shape. Uh, I'm very scared of, of Kanye West running for president. I think he will hurt Biden's chances. I think a lot of like independent people, I don't know if independent, like people who are actually follow politics will vote for Kanye, but I think Kanye has a huge following. He's got uh, a huge um, music following and also now clothing and shoes. He just signed a deal with Gap. He's going to be putting out like a clothing line with Gap. So he just has a lot of people and he's also not very religious. So he's going to have a lot of religious people who follow him. Uh, just, I, I, think, I think that Gap deal is like the bubble, man. I think that Gap deal is not going to go the whole 10 years. What do you think? He's going to say something <laughs> fucking... Probably. Probably. Right. I mean, but his Adidas shoes, the Yeezys, I think, were, were incredibly successful. It made him a billionaire. Yeah. So he just He does have good taste. It's just... The, I'm a fan of early Kanye. Um, the later, once he started supporting Trump and getting political, it really made me sour on him. Yeah, I mean, even the some of the gospel stuff is probably preferable to some of the gospel stuff out there. But even the stuff with uh, what Rick Rubin, you know, how he did the black skin hair, yeah. or whatever. I thought that was you know solid, minimal music. But do we think that um, he could have made more of a dent? in the presidential uh, election had he not gone to Trump first. Like, I oh, think if he would have, yeah, yeah, if he would have just been, you know, you know, Kanye musician and this Black Lives Matter thing happens and he speaks out vocally in favor of racial justice, he could have siphoned real votes away from Biden. Absolutely. Could not agree more. But that's not Kanye. Kanye is so <laughs> volatile. He's so uh, instinctual, doesn't think like two steps ahead, which makes him a good artist, but... And like he makes great beats because you can be very like improvis improvisational, but that's not way, the way you can be in politics. Though yeah. Trump is, has proven, yeah. he's not really thinking ahead of time. That's yeah, what's it, 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 yeah, the crazy. same thing that kind of propelled Trump to the head of the pack: the fact that he doesn't give a shit, and that, you know he can shatter norms with the best of them. And I think you know Kanye you know, kind of just doing things instinctually and not asking for permission, instead asking for forgiveness. I think a lot of that probably played into the fact that he was so successful stealing people's music for so long. Like, meaning, you know, he could just be like, well, let's just do this soul sample. And if Marvin Gaye's estate yeah. doesn't like it, we'll pay him a couple bucks afterwards. Right. Exactly. That's, that's, I, I read a funny meme online that someone wants Kanye West to win the election, but at the last second they nominate uh, Taylor Swift. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought about some of that, or, or she would interrupt his, his inauguration speech, or she would exactly. be the VP or whatever. Yeah, and then um, you you know, it sounds like um, you know, among your topics here, something that I'm kind of uh, you know, I have a rant about, and I already went into it on a previous podcast. But uh, Hamilton Broadway, what's your what's your take on Hamilton? Like, is it all rap? Because it's it's just fucking embarrassing and cringeworthy if it's fucking all rap. Uh, it's not all rap. It's, it's it's a lot of rap. I would say it's seventy five percent rap. A lot, some R and B, some like other like like a lot of singing. It's not all rap, but I'm I am a big rap fan um, and big fan. I, I saw the musical off Broadway and on Broadway. I'm big, you, I'm big you liked guy. it. You liked I loved it. it. Yeah, absolutely loved it. I mean, I guess I'd have to give it a shot, but it's just like you know, it was so far after the rap. You know, people have been. You know, churning out highly skilled rap and beats for decades, and then 
the blue bloods who have thousands of dollars to spend on this fucking shit spend it on rap that is laced with informative historical shit <laughs> like it just seems it seems embarrassing the fact that people would be getting around to rap because of a historical musical i i, I kind of see it from the other way i feel like this gives a lens to people that typically wouldn't kind of want to learn about this part of history and it's more accessible to a certain demographic i mean it made me I'm already pretty interested in politics. I was a political science major, and I'm also a hip hop fan. So the combination was really interesting to me. But I think when I went to see it on Broadway, it was a much different audience than typically. Typically at Broadway shows, it's like an old white, mostly like a lot of Jews, especially in New York, going to yeah. see a live theater. But at Hamilton, I mean, the tickets got outrageous, but uh, it was more as a, a different demographic overall. Were they bringing their like? Was a rich dad bringing his kind of kid to to go see it? That's pretty cool. Yeah, and and also Lin Manuel Miranda like set up some kind of program for the first. He he gave out a, like a percentage of tickets to um, he at like a, a lower price, I believe, and okay. uh, and would also give away to different minorities. I think I forget the specifics about that. See, I don't mind people spoon feeding history to an audience. But I guess I have problems with people spoon-feeding rap 50 years after it happened. But I guess one thing that I kind of thought after my last episode when I talked about this was that the cast members were not just fucking straight white dudes. Like, there were some people of color in the cast, and so I shouldn't be too, uh, too yeah, hard I, on them. I think all of the main roles are actually people of color, and that was, like, that was done on purpose. That's, that's okay. kind of why, yeah. Um, yeah, I would. I don't. Have you listened to any of the music, like any of the soundtrack at all? No, like yeah. So I mean, is the quality of beats up there with a, a Kanye yeah. West for for a Pusha T or no? Because uh, the quality I, of beats can get pretty awesome when you're talking about Kanye West. Oh yeah, absolutely. But it, it's it's. I think it's very good stuff. Very catchy tunes. Um, I I listen to the soundtrack on Spotify a lot. Um, yeah, I I like it a lot. I think it's really good. Well, I'm glad we talked about it because I almost think you turned me, but it's even funnier to hear that you were a fucking ball boy. Motherfucker gave you a number to pass on to some chick in the audience. <laughs> yeah, it's unbelievable. Real quick, unbelievable. who's going who's to win the championship? Is it going to be the Bucks or, or can my uh, can my beloved Celtics, my recently adopted Celtics, uh, can they can they pull it off? I think the Celtics have a good shot at it. I personally like the Clippers. I think the I think Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, and uh, Patrick Beverly. Lou Williams and the Clippers. I think they're really good. I think Kawhi Leonard is the best player in the league outside of LeBron and Steph Curry. But the Celtics, I think, have a nice young core. Celtics are going to be good for the next at least five years. I love yeah. Tatum. Um, That's why I kind of adopted him about five years ago. It was a lot of fun. And, of course, you fall in love with people like Marcus Smart. Um, yeah. Or like the new, the new Dennis Rodman. You like those defensive bulldogs. But um, it's going to be interesting to see how these people who rest a lot, you know, the Paul exactly. Georges and the, or the Kawhi Leonard's and the LeBron James, it's going to fun. It's going to be fun to see them pull out all the stops, especially if the Clippers and the Lakers face off in the Western Conference Finals. That would be amazing. And I agree. The arrested superstar is going to be a lot of fun. Well, we need to get you on a basketball pod, too, but it sounds like Braze Bits is the, is the food comedy podcast that you and Lance Parker have, and I can't wait to check it out. And the new episodes drop when? Every Friday, we drop a new episode of Braze Bits on all anywhere where you listen to podcasts. Oh, good. And we can track that all with J-I-G-S across social, and you're also jesseigner.com. Yes, sir. I appreciate it. Thank you very much for Je having me, man. Oh, Jesse Eigner, you, you were in pod shape. Thanks a lot. <laughs> Thanks again, man. <laughs>